When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast, brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Arnie Musgrove, and it's time for our Arsenal preview. It is the opening game of the Premier League season for 2019-20. And Newcastle United welcome the Gunners to St James's Park on Sunday. Their first game in front of the TV cameras as well. Joined here by Lee Ryder. I will just state that we are recording this prior to the transfer deadline uh, day. So we're not expecting any dramatic signings. We're expecting maybe one, possibly two coming in. We'll get on to that in just a moment. But largely, um, things will probably remain unchanged to what we saw against City and we're just going to talk about the formations and the mood within the camp um, so do excuse us if uh, the gods decide to go against us and we end up signing say Cristiano Ronaldo or something who knows um, Lee first of all are you excited to get back to St James's Park for a competitive game absolutely I think um, <clears throat> this summer has been it's been a long one you know you look at the the, the Rafa saga um Quickly followed by, you know, takeover talk intensifying around the city. Two statements released from a Middle East group who then have been unable to back up their claims. Loads of unrest. Flying out to China, very tough, tough trip, um, you know, to make for the players, uh, for the journalists who went. And, you know, the staff as well. And then you come back here, a few friendlies in. Things are calming down a little bit. I think Matt Ritchie stoked things up again today with his quotes to rights holders at the training ground uh, but really you're going back now to that first game against Arsenal and you know some fans have made the decision not to go I would never advise any fans what is the best thing to do it is a personal choice what you do um, but I think the fans who will be in attendance will be you know nervous about this game Arsenal, tough opposition, but an opportunity to try to turn the page on things this summer. Well, we'll start there with Matt Ritchie. For those who haven't heard his comments or, or read them or read them on our website, essentially Matt Ritchie has called for United front, which I, I don't think um, comes as a surprise. But maybe the comments about Ashley being upfront and honest about not being able to compete. Uh, Matt Ritchie saying he doesn't understand the unrest essentially from the fans, given that Mike Ash has spent some money this summer. I think that is where the fans are getting a little bit frustrated at because I think those comments are a little bit misjudged, would you say? Well, I think anyone who comes out publicly and speaks in support of Mike Ashley is going to be vulnerable in terms of they're going to get criticism back. Uh, but for me, there's a, a little bit of a backstory of this Um Go back to China, Nanjing, Newcastle Team Hotel. 
Matt Ritchie was the player that was nominated to go on the stage. And once we heard about an hour before that it was going to be him, and I thought, oh, this is going to be, this would be interesting because he's normally very outspoken. I, I actually thought he would come out and have a bit of a, a bit of a dig at things, but he came out and he was quite guarded. But after the press conference, there was myself and another journalist walked out and Matt Ritchie came over and said hello and he said pretty much off the record everything that he's now said on the record uh, and he was being, whether he was trying to you know get a fee, put the feelers out for what, what he was saying um, we agreed on some of the things he said we disagreed on others and he's now obviously processed all that information and he's come out and said what he said um, fans not not too happy about it. Um, Matt Ritchie, though, he's a strong character. Um, honestly, anyone, anyone you know, if you if you met if you met Matt Ritchie, you, you would have an intriguing conversation about football. He's got he's very knowledgeable. He ha- he won't have said he hasn't made these remarks off the cuff. The, these have been bubbling away in the background for a while. In his eyes, he sees Newcastle as a club that are putting money. On the pitch, he doesn't. He knows that in modern day football, Newcastle can't compete with your top fours, your top sixes. So, and you know you've now got your Leicester's and your West Ham's, as well. Uh, Everton, they're all piling money in, and he knows that that money isn't going to be pushed forward at Newcastle. They'll spend what they make. They'll spend some of. The- yeah, I think one of the points Richie made was about. Selling to buy, which Newcastle have done, uh, I wrote that quite a while back. I think it was in April or something, saying that Rafa was told he would have to sell some players to, to buy and you know rejig the squad a bit, which is exactly what's happened. And if there's any positives at all to take from the comments, it would be that the players aren't using what's happened off the pitch as an excuse. The they're getting on with the situation that they're in. They're happy to to kick on. and They're not asking for transfers. They want to play for the club. I think that's one thing as well you can say about Matt Richards that he's proud to be at Newcastle. He's proud pulling on that black and white shirt. I don't think anyone can fault his commitment on the pitch. He's flying in for tackles. He's having a go at the referees. He, everything. He's just he's a workhorse. Uh and he produces as well. He, you know, he creates goals. He scores goals. When the team are winning, he does everything he can to hold on that lead. But with the time waste and his gamesmanship, and I just think that you know we've got to try and look forward to the football um, on Sunday against Arsenal. And I'm sure Richie would love to be out there. Obviously, struggling with a hamstring. Um, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But yeah, I can see why. The comments have caused a big stir because, as I say, I, I listened with interest what he told me off the record, and there was a lot of the points that have now end up being on the record. So, as I say, that 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 has been bubbling away in his head for some time. He's got it off his chest now, so we try and move on. That leads us nicely into team news for Sunday. Like we say, obviously, at the time of recording is uh, before the deadline of the transfer window, but we are expecting. Emil Kraft to come in. Um, are you expecting him to, to go straight into that starting 11? Interesting one. He, he did play in pre-season. 
which is obviously where Newcastle were watching him. They played against Hull. Um, so he's got some minutes under his belt, but Mankiel's been doing tremendously well in pre-season. He's like really pushed on. Totally different player. Different player um, to the one that kind of went missing at times. You know, I, I always knew there was a decent player there. You, you wouldn't be playing for Atletico Madrid and Liverpool if you weren't a decent player. He's obviously got got something it's just a case of getting it prizing that performance out of him uh, whatever's been said to him in the summer that, that's exactly what's been that's exactly what's happened on the pitch he, he's shown the player he was but um, you've got Yedlin coming back as well from injury training training well by all counts so got options there that, that that's that's for certain looking at the else uh, around the team we are. We, are you expecting it largely to be that starting eleven that turned out against it? Yeah, and we know St. Maximum came on. He's another one who's had pre-season. He's trained well. He's ready. He's fit. He came on. He looked decent enough. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm assuming it's largely going to be that starting eleven we saw against St. Etienne. I think it's going to be in and around that. Maybe Steve Bruce has got a little surprise. He might want to spring. Um, but the way it's. It's more the way they're going to play. They say they're going to get in the front foot. For the first twenty minutes, are they going to really get in Arsenal's faces? You know, if they can get, if they can get a lead in that game, and they've got something to hold on to, then suddenly it might be a different, a different approach altogether. Um, Arsenal got some quality players. You know, you look around that that team, the the people that can hurt Newcastle, if they get it wrong, that was Rafa's worry. If you go flying forward and then they start picking you off with the pace and the power, then that that could be a big problem. Because uh, then suddenly, if you two nil down or three nil down at St James Park in your first game as manager, uh, that would be uh, a very sticky position to be in. So we we'll, we we'll, we watch this game with a lot of interest. Um, and now it's just t- it's the time of year where I think if you putting the politics to one side for a minute if you're a football fan you can't help but get excited by the general the, the, the Premier League season kicking off you had obviously the Community Shield last week you know you just get that little buzz again you know when match of the day was on last Sunday night it was like the, the real competitive football's back you know you've seen all the papers with the the pullouts and the fixture lists and you're just looking forward to that that competitive streak in the games again you know we've had pre-season now had a little taste of it and hopefully now Newcastle just get off to you know a positive start as, as positive as it can be whether that's a performance whether they get one point whether they get three points but just something to give us a little bit of hope going forward we hope you've enjoyed this episode so far just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes Spotify or whichever podcast provider you listen through you mentioned there the players that Arsenal have got. Obviously, Nicolas Pepe comes in, £72 million. Um, very good couple of seasons in League One for Lille. Uh, he comes in, was wanted by a host of clubs. Arsenal somehow got that signature tied down. So he looks like he probably will be in line to make his debut. He was left at home, I think, the train as Arsenal took on Barcelona in the last pre-season clash. But uh, it looks like he will he will feature. Then you have Lacazette, who was injured. He left, the, I think it was the second last preseason fixture for Arsenal. He left in a protective boot. 
But again, it's felt that he will be at least on the bench for the game mm. on Sunday. I mean, they're just two two players we could mention. Um, we hope that maybe Pepe doesn't pass a fitness test and like I said, still has that protective boot on because like you say, they've got they've got a host of players that can just that will frighten well, should frighten Newcastle side fans. But they're gonna be challenging for the top four of the Premier League, uh this season. I think last year they did okay, got to a Europa League final. Uh they're a team that can, you know, mean business on the day. Uh I just think that Newcastle have got to go into this with the the right balance because it's alright saying you're gonna fly forward, but you've got to be pretty sturdy at the back. They've looked relatively sturdy in most of preseason. The Wolves game uh, in the first match in, in Nanjing, uh, forget that one. They were they were terrible that night, but they weren't really focused and they didn't have a manager at that point. But now they have, and they've worked and worked in training. Steve Bruce being criticised a little bit, um, without people actually seeing the sessions that you know the players working harder. It's, it's it's old school training. He's got them running again. Um, he doesn't. He didn't feel the team were as fit as they should be. Uh, the fitness coaches had a you know revised look at things, and now they go in this game. Can't, they can't outplay Arsenal. I wouldn't say so. Can they outwork them? That's a possibility. They can outwork them, and that's probably what they're going to have to do. That's what we saw in Rafa Benitez. The effort was there, the commitment there. We, you know, that's not going to change because largely that squad that is going to be under Bruce is, is the same squad that Benitez had and you would expect the worth, the work ethic will still be there. But what is a worry, for me at least, now this is, I get your opinion on this, is that against Sinetian, I think we've mentioned it in previous podcasts, is that when they went forward, there was one or two times when they were hit on the break and there was just space in the midfield because Hayden Longstaff was so far forward mm. that it's all right doing it in a pre-season friendly, but if you get hit on the counter-attack and you've got Ozil um, or whoever with the ball at their feet and running at you, it's speed, and then you've got Bamiyang up front as well. You know, Let's not forget him, a tremendous player. It's, 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 a, it's a frightening prospect. And do you think Bruce will be looking at that and think, OK, I do like the way Hayden, Shelby and Longstaff have looked this pre-season, but we maybe have to kind of just restrain a little bit from, from being so advanced. It's possibility. I mean, we could be going from from one end of the spectrum to the other, really, because this is a game, undoubtedly, Rafa would be probably going into looking to eke out a point. Uh, let's let's be totally honest. He, he did that at the start of last season. It didn't pay off. Steve Bruce might privately look at this game as not so much a free hit, but he knows that if they lose, then it's because Arsenal spent more money than them. And... He'll be thinking, well, can we ruffle a few feathers in that first 20 minutes? It's going to be really interesting. Even will Newcastle win the toss? Which which way will they be shooting in the first half? If they do really, if they do end up shooting towards Gallagher in the first half and they really get on the front foot, it could cause Arsenal a lot of problems. I mean, obviously the subplot going into this game is the talk of a boycott. Um, you know, the plans have been there for a long while and you mentioned that obviously we wouldn't dare dream of telling anyone how to support their team or not so the question is though do you think 
how how many people do you think will take part in this boycott? Because if you look on the, look on the website and stuff, if anything, you know, you can see where there's are spare seats, and they do look like there's quite a few spare seats. You know that you you would argue that the away games against Norwich and Spurs have taken a bit longer to sell out than they necessarily would. You could play devil's advocate and say, well, there's the whole train debacle with the Spurs game and Norwich is a massive trip, but still, it does feel. Like you can't really put your finger on it and say one way or the other this is going to be in in the, in the terms of the fan groups that are taking part in a successful boycott or or not. Well, as long as I've been aware of Newcastle United in my in my life, there's all there's always been unrest and like you know, like one of my first memories of Newcastle United as a kid was seeing Kevin Keegan, you know, you know come come to Newcastle big money transfer got everybody really excited uh, but one of my second memories of that of that sort of time was uh, is a guy running on the pitch and ripping his Newcastle United shirt off when, when they got relegated a few years later and you know boycotts have always been in and around it I mean you go to like 1989 the board busters Mick Quinn will tell you a story about when he first signed when they were marching up the street you know, saying who who the hell is McQuinn on a big banner? Um, they boycotted. That was probably the most successful ever boycott. The Leeds United game when they won five two. I think the crowd was like low twenties or something like that. And by the end of the season, they were in a promotion race and it was up to, you know, thirty two thousand, thirty three thousand, something like that. Obviously, smaller capacity at the time. So, boycotts have always always been there, but I just think some fans. And I totally understand it. They've been pushed to the limit now with Mike Ashley, and they've, they've, just, they've just had enough. And some of them, the people I know, well, my sort of age, they just say, "I'm not putting any more money in the club. I'm not renewing my season ticket, and I'm going to watch non-league. I'm going to play golf. I'm going to do anything but go and give Mike Ashley, you know, my money." And that's what some people are saying. And Mike Ashley probably, you know, needs to look at that and think, "Well, how can I? How can I improve that? How can I entice them back?" It might be too late for some of them, but for others, they'll be there on Sunday again. They'll start the season in earnest, and they'll be looking to get off to a good start. So it's not everybody, as I say, it's personal choice. I, I could never sit here and tell people what to do. I mean, I get people sending tweets to, to me, and you get them as well. What are you doing about the boycott? Well, yeah, we are covering it, but we're also covering what's happening at the club as well. So. I don't know. I mean, you you tell me how many how many do you think will not be there on on Sunday? Oh, that's the question, isn't it? I, I do think from the last time it was it was it was mood. I think there was a bit more discontent, and it, it will certainly be interesting. It was interesting to see the crowd on 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 Saturday against Saturday and I think it was five and a half thousand down on on last season. But again, <clears throat> it's pre season. You can't really judge. Um, I think you know we can we can only really see come. Two o'clock on on Sunday. Um, just finally, then back to a couple of the arrivals that Newcastle have brought in, and just how you think they're going to fit in. Because there's lots of talk, lots of debate about formations and what have you. We started again with Almiron and, and Joe Linton up top, and then it was a straight swap, you know, for St Maximum to come on uh, and Muto to come on for them too. So. Will St Maximum start on the bench? You think it'll be two up front again? That seems to be, in my opinion, what Bruce is going for. But I mean, has he hinted to you in the press conferences about 
he may even go three up front. I mean, you look at it, and that that three man, three three pronged attack. It's been mentioned, hasn't it? You know, uh, Saint Maximin, Almiron, and Joe Linton as a possible front three. You know, maybe there's an opportunity for him to to try that at some stage. But as I say, I asked him outright. I said, "Are you how are you going to play this season? Are you are you going to go on the front foot?" And he went, "Yeah, we are. We're going to give it a crack." That's what, exactly why his words were. So we'll, I would say it's going to be more of an offensive shape, and yeah, I think he, I think he could start. I mean, there's been, there's no reason to think he, it's not down to fitness. He played in games against Cardiff and Burnley recently. He knows the physicality of the league, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that he can have a, a dream debut. And we're, we're talking about three points on Sunday night. If he does start, who would drop out? It's a good question. That I mean. Obviously, the Matt Ritchie situation has probably eased that a little bit, hasn't it? Because he can rejig things. So, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll get more from the press conference on Friday. I'd like to see him start. I think go with, go with the, all your summer signings, get them on there and try and get that buzz, that excitement, that, that, that different sort of feel to it and uh, give the crowd something to shout about. And Aaron's at wing-back, do you think? Could be. Looks like he's going to get another chance. Final chance, uh, probably will be his final chance. You look at what's happened to him. I mean, I've I've actually ended up interviewing him about three times already this summer. I know him quite well because he's one of the longest serving players. I remember he came came in as a kid from Bristol City, and he's always wanted to be a success at Newcastle. That's never changed. So I'd I'd love to see him do well. I think he's. He's got the attributes. It's just a case of him getting a run in the team now. Um, Steve Bruce's got a lot of options though, hasn't he? So whether he starts, that's a, that's a big question mark. Aaron's against Arsenal. Well, there you have it. Just a quick word. If you are going up to the game, whether you're you're protesting or you're going into the ground, to, if you can afford to, drop off a, a donation at the NUFC Food Bank, which will be outside the stadium, back in their usual spot. You know, Great help to the community. And just finally, your prediction, the first one of the Premier League season? Well, I'd love to sit here and say every three points, but uh, I think it's going to be a bit tougher than that. And I'm going to start the season with a prediction. Uh, Newcastle can get a point out of this. Maybe maybe a 2-2 draw. And there you have it. Well, this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. You'll be listening to this on the Thursday morning, that is Thursday the 8th of August. Uh, so please keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news, transfer news as well, given it is deadline day, over on our website at chroniclelive.co.uk. Yeah.